Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody and welcome to 2023. Hey, and uh, and Red Wings rant where uh, tirades are better, please. Everything hurts. And... Hey, <laughs> no. What is it? We're tirades and passion, please. Rant. We're tirades and passion, please. For your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Right here. Um. Did you guys survive? Are you okay? That was that was a. That was yeah. a slaughter out there. My God. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. It's baseless. But I really went into today like, man, we're going to beat these stupid devils and make everyone realize that they were like they're, you know, they're sliding downhill. And I was like, we're just going to make everybody's opinion on the devils. Just, we're just turning right off. We have that national game on TNT. We're gonna own tonight. It's it's we're gonna yeah. turn some heads for Yeah, we're gonna rub it right hockey in that, fans in general. That stupid so. jerk business face for asking Larkin those stupid questions about you gonna be a right wing next year, bud. <laughs> Give us talk about that contract. <laughs> oh man. I I, I did want to talk about that. That that is coming up. Um God I hate Ketzel said uh He's tired. He's tired of TNT. Um, Mike, rank them real quick. Uh, basketball, NBA on TNT, and uh, NHL on on TNT. Can you rank those for me, real quick? Wow. Uh, the apex of broadcasting <laughs> versus the absolute toilet valley with a a toilet with a, a chokehold too small that you can't even poop into. It's just farts. That's 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 what the NHL broadcast is. Yeah, and it, I mean, we could go two different routes here. We could we could talk about that between period stuff for the you know between the quarters. Uh, they call those quarters, right, Mike, in the NBA? Uh, yes. Um, or we could just talk about broadcast in general. I mean, um, to just to bring in to bring in Panger, right? I mean, the guy is just a self-deprecation machine. I, I I don't know how you build any confidence and why you're supposed to take his word for it when he'll turn right around and shit on his own opinion a minute later. I do the same thing, I guess, sometimes, but I, 
Pangers. He's at a different level. Uh, my man is shitting on his own goalie career every single time I listen to him call a game, and uh, didn't ch it didn't change tonight. Um, well, look, listen, both of those, like the NHL one, tries to emulate the NBA one because it's so successful. Like far and away, it's one of the best. It's the only like post and pregame show people actually watch. I would say, and. They have people like Shaquille O'Neal on there, and the best segments are, you know, when Shaq and Charles Barkley will call out like a modern day big man and say, you know, you're a seven foot tall fella. If if you're not scoring twenty five and getting, you know, ten rebounds a game, you need to get out of this game because you're you're not trying hard enough. And people be like, damn, but you know, it's it's them speaking the truth. Those questions to Larkin, that's. That's a desire to try and be part of a gotcha media. Like, what is he supposed to say? Those aren't those aren't like probing, you know, prying questions about who he is. You know, maybe we'll get something interesting out of him as a person. No, you're 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 just being a jerk. That 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 there, there's there there's there's nothing to the like the the nature of the sport related to those questions. They're they're personal things that obviously he's not going to answer those. You're just going to make it, you know, uncomfortable for him. And Larkin is a lot of things, but deflecting, being a guy who can deflect stuff like that with humor, it, it's not really in his wheelhouse. And the one like, part of the interview, no, I was really, I was really relieved at the end when he was like, oh, cool. When they kind of said something and he's like, oh, I can just walk away from this. Great. And I really wanted him <laughs> to just walk away. Um. I, I think I want to play it real quick, too, for anybody that, that hadn't uh, gotten a chance to see it or hear it. So this is the NHL uh, on TNT. They're between the periods. They're calling it the face-off with Bissonette from, like, spitting chiclets and what have you. And, of course, our beloved captain, Dylan Larkin, um, I guess, facing off. We got no audio. What? Well, there should have been audio because everything was set up to have audio. Yeah, try it one more time. Maybe we just had to plug the internet back in and out. Any hoozles. Jersey on next year. I know you guys are on con in contract negotiations going back and forth, but uh, how are things proceeding? And uh, do you think that uh, you guys are going to meet somewhere? Uh, I sure hope so. Um... You know, I got a game to play in, in uh, 15 minutes right now. I'm just, uh, you know, excited to be wearing a jersey playing in the in the NHL tonight. And, uh, uh, yeah, um, you know, I hope it, uh, that I'm here. Dylan, um, just tell him you the son of his business. Just tell him the son of his business. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. If your PR guy wants to answer it, you can hand over the headset to him. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, so don't worry. I got permission to leave. Just a real, just a real piece of crap. Um, now there, there's still an element here. Like, um, uh, I don't know. Could someone possibly argue that you get these opportunities, you got to take it, but I just don't, this isn't, this isn't that, this isn't that. You know what I mean? Like, this is a between-period thing, or this is a pregame thing. This is a between-periods, but this is pregame. Like, this is supposed to be fun. And I was asking you about the, the TNT 
uh, broadcast for the NBA, um, only because it's just constantly fun. And these guys just aren't fun. They already feel like old curmudgeons, even, even Bissonette, who's just like staring into the camera angrily, trying to get an answer from Dylan. And if you guys uh, missed it, like, um, you know, just jump on if you're on the podcast. I mean, jump on over to YouTube so you can see like the look that Biz is giving Larks. Just doesn't. I don't. Yeah, it's very belligerent. Yeah, it's very belligerent. Oh, why do you give uh give the headset to your PR guy? I'm like, why are we attacking Larkin? It's that's not how these negotiations go. He's not going to try and publicly, you know, negotiate with you of all people. I it's yeah, and Ketzel on the money. Good answer from a captain. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, very, very, uh, what's what's the word I want to say? Like non-committal, um, all about the, you know, general idea of being in the league and being on a team. He, he was definitely caught off guard, but he was as pragmatic as he could be, right? Yeah. Um, Curtis doing the, the job for us. Hit that like button, y'all. If you're hanging around, let, let's see if we can get more people to show up tonight. If you survive um, that game, let us know. Uh, we got two <laughs> special friends of the show here today, Justerini and Brooks, which I guess uh, are the two names that put together J&B Scotch. Oh, man. Were, I had a nice, look, at I had my pink mug with hot cocoa in it. Now it's sullied. I uh, you're, you're reminding me right now that I, I caved and uh, when Meyer had their, uh, they had a sale on their uh, bourbon cream Ooh, for the holidays, yeah. so post-holiday kind of this sale. Is, uh, this I is the opposite of bourbon cream. This yeah. is uh, just straight fiery poison. That's what I just <laughs> put in that cocoa. Uh, um, bourbon man, cream, were there very some, fun. Uh, were there some highlights out of this game? Because I have one. Uh, give me two. Give me two. I got two. What's what's your highlight? How do I, Number how do one. I, pull, how do I set up Mike's highlight? <laughs> well, I'm in control. No, I don't necessarily need a game highlight. I'm just oh, saying, okay. as a viewer, my experience was highlighted <laughs> by two things. One, yeah. uh, the organist playing the Game of Thrones theme. I don't know if you overheard that on the broadcast. Yeah, I've heard it a couple of times. Uh, it was pretty bad. strong. Uh, number two is uh, Fabry didn't really look rusty at all. He looked like the Fabry that we know and love. Uh, he was a minus two, but he was, he was right there in a lot of the, a lot of the plays. And uh, I think he and Berggren... Man, if the, if you could put them with with uh, Verona, that'd be a pretty cool line, because um, both those guys like making plays, and I think they just needed one more guy to maybe get a you know a few more shots on that. But I I thought Fabry had a pretty strong first game back. Uh, for whoever noticed, I'm like wiping a booger off my screen because I'm like, is that the puck? And there's just this big old brown smudge in the middle of my laptop. Uh, my two highlights came from Elmer Soderblom, who did this twice tonight, and it just kind of stinks. Uh, real quick I, before I, you get I, into I put it, it on Twitter that... and I said, Oh, um, couple of great chances were set up tonight by Soderblom. Uh, just yeah. not a couple of great finishes. If anyone um, saw that, by the way, that was a real reaction to JB mixed into my beautiful hot cocoa. I, I made a real sour, sour, yucky lemon face. Uh, but go ahead, man. Man, if there are two people that cover hockey that never belong on spit and chicklets. <laughs> That's the two of us. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, just just nothing like too special here. This is just like uh, Soderblom making me feel good. I I feel like I'm constantly fighting on Twitter to uh, to get folks to 
make sure you know let's let's start some sort of campaign i i, I want to see my my boy elmer stick around and um there seems to be some clumsiness and there's been some call outs like get him down to he's the guy to pick to go down to the ahl uh because he needs to get things figured out but i would challenge to say why isn't the best place for him to figure things out with coach lalone i i that that to me was that was my argument a couple of weeks ago mike when i missed you uh on an episode but at least at least highlight wise i'm still getting some highlights from our boys so i i get to hang my head on that um i do like there's something I've noticed. I don't know if the rest of you guys have noticed this. Soderblom's attack to the boards, because he's so big, I I caught it today, and I brought it up to someone else, and they were like, oh, my God, yes, you're right. But the it's almost like part of a show. It's part of the Soderblom show. He has to really truck to get moving, and we know it's because he's moving this huge frame, right? So when he's coming at the boards... And you really get to see it when he's coming down at like towards the camera down at those boards. But when he's trucking and you see the six foot eight frame, look for it. When he's coming down like towards the camera, his shoulders are just so huge. You you can see the players, his opponent, start to shrivel. It is such an amazing thing to watch happen. And uh, I challenge you guys to look out for it because this is going to be one of those things where you're always trying to like put a finger. And like how what is what does the unicorn bring to the game? And it's gonna be all these new things. It's gonna be all these things that we can't really put a finger on yet or like prepare ourselves for because we haven't seen it yet. But the six foot eight frame of Elmer Soderblom. But by the way, too, he only did it once or twice today, but we know like we've seen him do it for six or I guess not a full sixty minutes, but through an entire game. Uh, you gotta figure things have to get worked out. But we saw we saw it again today against New Jersey, but he was ragging the puck pulling it behind the net, bringing two, sometimes three New Jersey Devil uh, defenders on his path, you know, trying to get in his way, making sure guys get open because he's got three guys on him. It's just, God, it's so much fun to watch. I, I hope you guys are, are all on board. But uh, the reason we're talking about guys getting sent down and, and whatnot was this was actually, you know what, this game, 5-1, to one, we lose. There was a Lucas Raymond highlight. I got to be honest. I never even saw the goal. I was setting up for the episode. I was like, ah, whatever. Let's just get this going. Yeah, I mean, um, it, was a, it was a Larkin play, and then he, you know, found a way to center it, and Raymond just had to have a stick down and kind of popped it in on a power play. So we did break that uh, power play goalless streak, so that was kind of nice. We, um, <laughs> was that excited enough? Um, so anyway, that's because we have, we have actual news that we can talk about this week, and uh, there's so many different things we want to discuss. Um, starting with, um, I guess we could go with the easy one, but uh, it went well tonight, and I think uh, I think I should have prepared this comment with uh, at least thrown out there that there was, uh, I believe, a 27 uh, save night for Nadelkovich down in uh, in Grand Rapids tonight. So mm. gets that. Uh, it's that first, you know, he's, he's going through a conditioning stint, right? So he's gone so many games, and we were talking about this uh, actually in the last episode, Mike, of uh, I was actually asking, and, it, and now it makes perfect sense. I was like, why wasn't Nadelkovich sent down? Well, it's because now they have big, uh, Grand Rapids has a huge chunk of games right now, so it makes sense to send Nadelkovich down for his three-game conditioning stint. Now, um, all right, 
Makes sense. He's been out since December 6th. Send him down. Give him some shots to play. I, I thought the big thing here, Mike, for Nadelkovich, and especially starting tonight. Yeah. And maybe you tell me what you're thinking, because I realize I've been talking for like 10 straight minutes. Matt, I've been on the show before. I know how it goes. Uh, what's up? Just not getting blown out tonight. Am I right? It is astounding um, how many Iserman moves seem to pan out. The other day we got that news that Verana was uh, going to go on waivers so that we could get the rest of the roster figured out. And, you know, basically within a span of about 48 hours, um, you know, we held on to three goalies. And then after a deadline passed, then we sent out Nikovic down for conditioning. Um, Verana, shockingly, nobody nobody put a claim in on him. Um, the forwards that people are like, oh, it would have been a very easy move, you know, to send down Berggren or to send down Soderblom. Um, both those guys were making positive contributions today. Um, you know, as far as tough roster decisions, what do we even do with Fabry? Do we even want to call him, you know, back up? Do is this a guy that we try to move as is in the trade, you know, in a trade as, as soon as possible? And he's arguably one of our better players today in a game where most of the guys kind of played like crap, or you know, we just you know, we got blown out. Um, so yeah, I you know, Nadelkovic, he's just he's basically just a part of uh, you know, he's a he's a you know, another piece of that Iserman wheel that just keeps on turning. And it feels like, you know, arguably all all four of the moves that he, he did or did not make um, happened to pan out. So once again, uh, Nadelkovic being part of that, you know, uh, that working theory that Iserman is the smartest man in the room because it worked again. Right now. <laughs> That was my point to saying at least he didn't get blown out tonight. Because I, I, I think they are looking to have one of these guys. I mean, this is the night to get blown shit. out, right? This is the night to do it. If you're on a conditioning assignment, he hasn't really played in like a month. What, wasn't it since like November 30th? No, uh, December 6th. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, this is the night to get blown out. You haven't really, you know, faced, you know, live bullets in a while. And now you're, you know, facing minor league live bullets. I don't know what you know. I don't know what kind of focus to expect out of a guy like that who hasn't played in a while, and then he's going to the minors. Uh, but uh, you know, didn't seem like he you know held his own, and I you know I don't know if he's about to come back and you know un uh, so let alone you know Helberg. But yeah, it's you know it's a positive start. I guess. Well, I, I want to finish the thought here. And the reason I even asked the question first was, did it just matter if he got blown out? It was because I think Iserman's looking for one of these guys to help force the issue is what I was saying. So, like, Lalone made the point uh, a couple weeks ago that, you know, he's giving everybody their fair shake. And right now, you know, Valeno just ended his, his six-game point streak, the longest point streak, I think, of his career. Uh, Soderblom, at least in my opinion, has been killing it. Bergeron's done enough to just, all right, that's done. He's, he's, we're, we're not even judging this anymore. He, he is a full-time NHLer. And Adelkovich just struggled a ton at the NHL, uh, or I'm sorry, in his NHL games, uh, this year. So to my point, 
Like, if he got blown out tonight, I feel like you are leaning in a direction of, of a nice, easier-looking choice as opposed to, you know, now a 3-1 to one game and we're still kind of looking like, well, who do, you, who do you get rid of? And on the same night that, that Huso puts up um, maybe not his best-looking game of the year, um, something, uh, where, no. something where something uh, where I think we had a pretty strong start in the third period and the, a great thing would have been to keep the game close and uh, just the pucks kept going by him. Um, so not, you know, you, you couldn't blame this whole game on, on Huso, but uh, not his strongest game of the year. So all of this happens and you're not even really turning around and saying like, oh, wow, one of these things is figuring itself out. None of it's figuring itself out. You know what I mean? So I guess that's 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 where I'm coming from. And like a blowout tonight uh, for Nadelkovich would have been like that first movement of like a chess piece, in my opinion. The first move chess piece. Uh, do you mean like as as far as moving him out of town? For one of these guys, yeah. They can't all stay. Somebody's got to go. I mean, where would you know ACDC be if the three lead guitarists? You know, um, it's just uh, it's kind of how I this guess. business runs, man. Sometimes I... you need three three starting goaltenders um, on one NHL team. I don't wait. Are you missing something? I, I mean, we still have a Tuesday coming along. We still have Verona to figure out. I like if we're gonna have those guys on our NHL roster, we're not gonna be running with three goaltenders. I mean, I did say three lead guitarists in ACDC, so I was trying to kind of agree with you, man. I'm saying it doesn't work. Oh, you know what's funny? I thought you were trying to make some comment about. Having a lead guitarist, a rhythm guitarist, and a bass guitarist. No. That's like, so I, I guess said lead that, that happens. No. no, I gotcha. Thanks, man. I gotcha. <laughs> man, I think you need to get sent down to Grand Rapids. That was terrible. Thanks. All right. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I think the weird thing about today is we were so worried about, oh, who do we, you know, who do we send down? And then after you get blown out five to one, it's kind of like, oh, a lot of these guys could potentially be expendable. Um, I mean, it <laughs> did it didn't look like there was anybody outside of, you know, maybe, you know, Larkin doing his usual and, um, you know, the, the Matas and maybe Heronic on defense, um, you know, playing really well. Uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's almost like these decisions are, are, um, almost for the worse, um, make becoming difficult. Because we need somebody to stand out, and uh, hopefully we start to see somebody stand out sooner rather than later, and uh, kind of lead this team out of you know the bottom third of the league. Uh, Jim thrown out there that uh, Verona wasn't visible. So Jim, I'm gonna take your word on that because I didn't watch any of the Griffins game. All I know, I think he was like a minus. Uh, he's a minus one on two shots. Um, there was something else here in the comments I like that you guys called out. Uh, Dan B. After the Griffins scored the second goal. Uh, Verona was on the ice, but zero celebration with other guys. That's, I, again, can't confirm or deny, uh, real bummer if that did happen. Um, cause, uh, a couple of you guys have, have put on here, uh, Verona could be traded. I think somebody else threw on here that Verona's done, uh, with the wing dings and in, in the comments somewhere in here. I, 
like tried to figure this thing out. I, I don't know how uh, I don't know out. how he's going to be traded when nobody wanted him for nothing. They didn't want him unless right you want to give now. up another, you know, another 5 million or so contract. I'm, I'm just saying the opportunity was there and nobody took it. Yeah, I think I think it's just the difference of like what what are you going to get from Verana and if he shows that there's some improvement then all that conversation changes at that point. Um but you know, like Steve didn't make this move to get rid of Verana. The problem was just that he risked losing Verana, which is where all the conversation of like Verana is now expendable on this team, which I don't know if too many people would have made the argument that he was a forever Red Wing going forward. But um, he made that move that put Verana at risk and losing him. So that has now defined Verana as expendable. But again, he wasn't putting him at, uh, on waivers to move him. He was putting him on there because he wanted him to continue playing in the AHL. So it's a bit, you know, it's there's there's some variables in here I think that make this super hard to like put a firm finger on like what's going on or how to define each each little moment. But I know for sure we can say now Verana is expendable because the risk was put out there. That's that's like the only thing we really know for sure. But it also does mean that now we can't be shocked when a trade comes along. Um, and some of these mentions, too, of uh, no celebrating uh, with his teammates, which kind of blows, uh, doesn't make me feel super confident that we are going to get <laughs> a long uh, Red Wing stint with Verana moving forward from today. Um, yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's... Uh, it's weird to talk about because I, I for sure, like today you look at, you know, five to one loss and you're like, I would love, you know what I'd love to have on this team, Mike? Somebody that is just all about scoring goals. <laughs> uh, you know, the last couple of seasons comparatively with his goals per 60 is up there with Austin Matthews. Uh, because even what you lose defensively with a Verona, you just gain so much more with his ability to just whip the puck at the net and put him in, you know, Put us on the board. It just it it helps. It, it feels that that's the whole change of the game. Your momentum conversations, all about those odd pucks that Verona whips at the net. We and we see go in where we're just like, wow, I can't believe from that angle Verona was able to put that in. I can't believe with one arm he was able to put that in. I can't believe outstretched like that around another player he was able to put that in. So many times we said that uh, over his what forty games with the Red Wings so far. It's the kind of thing I think the steep needs. <laughs> so it's really tough to sit here and go, all right, we're looking at a guy who's, whose days are, are probably numbered based on recent decisions. But I also think that Steve's going to be very happy to see everything work out with Verona if it does and he sticks around. But again, the main thing to take away from this is that Steve has no problem risking Verona and losing him. Or I shouldn't say he has no problem with it. He's willing to do it. For all I know, he was biting his fingernails and <laughs> hardcore sweating all day today, up until two o'clock, hoping that nope. nobody was going to claim him. But I, uh, no, I don't think there are any fingernails being bit. I mean, we already know the moves that he could have made, and you know, we know that Soderblom is—we love him to death, but you know, he's not a perfect player. And if it, it just made the roster management a little bit easier and you're not putting up, you know, the risk of somebody you value very highly, there were opportunities to send guys down and they didn't do it. 
They said, no, it's more, more valuable to the Red Wings to have Soderblom and Berggren um, up on the main roster um, for, you know, these two games. It's more valuable for them to get these two games uh, than Verona's Red Wing career. Yeah, that's actually two, an inch- two regular season games for two young guys <laughs> who have two way contracts. It's more valuable for them to be up here for these two meaningless games for a team in the bottom third of the league than it is for us to protect Verona at this juncture. That's what Eiserman said. Yeah, that's that's an amazing way to like put that that extra level of uh, statement on that. It says a lot about Soderblom. Says says a lot about Berggren too. But I think. Mike, you'd agree that it says even more about that relationship with Verona going forward? Yeah, and it's it's tough because um, obviously there's certain things that we can't really broach, and it's you know none of our business really what you know put Verona on the shelf you know for the first you know six eight weeks of the season, um, not not really our business, but um, yeah, I mean wh- whatever transpired it made Steve confident that this guy's going to clear waivers and I have my most important players playing on my team right now. Um, and you got a comment on here from GLJ. Let's give Ron a backup to speed and score goals for this team before we call him a goner. We'll only raise his value for a potential trade. Otherwise. Yeah. I, I, mean, I really like, I really like this comment. Cause it took me, it was, it was a little bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> no, this comment, I, I got to say the Red Wings probably lead the league in owning guys that are more valuable to them than they are to other teams. <laughs> I'm looking at Verana. I'm looking at Zadina. I'm looking at Nadelkovich. You know, I'm looking at Sherratt. You know, I'm looking at Fabry. You know, guys where I, I, I feel like we'd lose those trades. But, you know. Well, um, I'm going to do this. We're going to jump into a quick ad, and then we'll be back, and I'm, we'll kind of reset the – roster conversation here uh because like we talked about with nadelkovich uh there's still more moves and more guys coming back so we'll, we'll kind of play that game and look at the roster tonight and see how you make those moves hockey fans it is time to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings sportsbook it's an official sports betting partner of the nhl new customers can bet just five dollars pre-game money line on any nhl team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so what we're looking at ten- is uh, tonight's roster. Uh, first line, Rasmussen, Larkin, Perron. Second line, Berggren, Cop, Raymond. Third line, Fabry back in. Suter and Sundqvist. Fourth line, Kubelik, Valeno, and Soderblom. So what we have to do, guys, and I want to hear in the comments, who you are removing as we 
let's say we don't trade Verana. He's here to stay. Bertuzzi's coming back. You know what? We'll throw in Zadina in there too, just for funsies. I I would say that <laughs> you can leave him as an odd man out if you want. He he's Oof. out there. So you guys in the comments, let me know. Uh, who are you taking out? And who's who's sticking on this lineup? And you know the names that we're thinking of. You know, we know Larkin's not coming out. We know uh Raymond's not coming out. Um uh, I don't know. Ron. You could you could pick Fabry. You could say, you know what, I didn't like tonight. I'm done. Bye, Fabry. That's a possibility. Um, maybe you're like, wow, Kubalik really uh softened and hit a cold streak here. I I'd like to see that get heated up again. Uh so maybe he needs some time uh he needs some time to rest or something like that. I don't know. Tell me what you're thinking. Um but uh Mike, I I guess top top level on this on this conversation. Before you give us any names. Do you think as it's been stated in press conferences that Lalone and Steve are actually stressing about this, or do you think that they're like good? Like this is something that they've already had figured out. If this if this becomes the situation, here's what we're doing, here are the guys that are making it, here are the guys that are gone. Do I think they're stressing about this right now? Is yeah. that your question? Yeah. Um it does feel a lot like this team is just expecting someone else to get injured. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of, urgency. um, especially with them putting the, you know, the flag in the ground for Berggren and Soderblom, um, saying, oh, we'll just play them. They've, they've just made the team now. And it's like, I, I, I know we love them too, but if we're going to, you know, move some guys, we got to get some games played by these guys. We're going to move so that they can showcase that they still have some skills uh it's so facto we might have to send out a bergen or a soda <laughs> we're like no no we'll figure it out we'll you know we'll put larkin on waivers so we can get it well what you know and you know just some wild bananas move like that um so do i think they're stressing about it i don't but i think the most stressful part of steve's day is it feels like he's chosen his top 12 guys we're kind we're 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 looking at him right now outside of maybe Zadina who's cheap and you know he he is it's probably gonna be a little bit easier to do a, a healthy scratch for him when he even is ready um and it just kind of feels like Verana and Bertuzzi are on the way out it doesn't I I I I mean we've we've kind of learned with Verana I I'm gonna be very surprised to see what they do with Bertuzzi um He's had an unfair, you know, season so far. Um, like he he broke one arm and then he injured the other arm, just taking pucks and honestly doing what you know Derek Lalone was asking of him, right? To kind of be that body taking pucks uh, for the good of the team. And how is he rewarded in a contract year? Is you know missing uh, already more than half of our games um, and the few games when he did come back under Lalone's watch. You know he had some spots playing on the fourth line and uh you know kind of underwhelmed he you know didn't quite have that that burst and that energy that we're used to seeing out of Bertuzzi when he's at his best um yeah I mean as far as names if 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 Bertuzzi isn't able to unseat Soderblom then I I don't know what I don't know what to do I <laughs> I love Soderblom I I I still know that he has flaws and he's a young guy on a two-way I it 
it feels like an obvious move, but I I don't know what Iserman's got in his in his little coconut up there. I don't I don't know if he's saying nope, I'm good. I'm gonna find a way to move this guy. So I it could it it would normally be Soderblom, but I I, I don't know. I I'm not smart enough to be privy to the Iser plan. Well, we'll, go, we'll run through the comments here. Uh, Dan B going with Sunfist and Suter. I I like those picks too, but you see Sunfist might serve. A different purpose and, and Suter's just playing so good recently even though like tonight tonight he had he had a chance right out front that if that puck had been angled I mean like three degrees difference from how it it fell from his stick we we would have been looking at a goal a lot sooner than that Lucas Raymond goal uh Blake thrown in there Suter Ernie was scratched tonight can't forget that Bergeron and Elmer sent down Blake's just getting rid of everybody he's he's cleaning <laughs> house brother I know that's that's uh that's more than throw we that, need throw that comment back up there though yeah this is the one I would think you'd expect right um the only problem is with Suter is uh I I know we could put Rasmussen back um at center but i I know that they keep talking about every article I read is Larkin is still nursing this injury and he can't really take face off. So they want to have Rasmussen available um, to do that for Dylan. Um, so, I mean, if you're scratching Suter, you know, Verona and Bertuzzi do not take face offs. Um, so I, you know, you're going to be a man down in that area. Um, that's why I, I, you know, Suter was going to be at the top of my list too. Um, but I, you know, He's 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 played pretty well late, and he's one of our few faceoff guys. There's GLG uh, thrown in. Fabry can take faceoffs after his performance tonight. Switch him and Raz. Um, yeah, yeah Jim, could be the case. Jim Johnson thrown out there. Ernie was scratched. Could be wave. Bergman stays. Soderblom goes down. Yeah, I think like you said, Mike. I think um, like the choice is to just send Soderblom down, and as much as that. It's one with the least amount of drama and, you know, we're not risking putting more guys on waivers, um, you know, to hang out in Beer City um, on the West Coast. Now, Dan B. shipping off Verona and Bert. I like uh, that's That's at least, that's going to be a fun podcast <sighs> day. That's going to be a hell of a day. Um, Ketzel, I want Bergeron on left wing one. Sneezy Wheezy, trade Larkin if the return is good. He's a good 2C playing 1C minutes. Ah, shit. Here we go. Mike, it's happening. Uh, we had we had another person in here. Uh, Chris C. There it is. Hey, Chris. Uh, our top line is a second line on an elite oh, team. It's starting, Mike. We're back at the no. Dylan Larkin does not deserve his $10 million contract that's coming his way. <laughs> I, I got to say, guys, I, I, I still, I mean, we're looking at an injured Larkin right now, and whenever he's healthy, we see him go beast mode and just own games. I, um, That's what we saw last the... season when he had his, his line mates healthy, and it was a top six first line in the whole league. Yep. Top, top six. So I, I don't know what else you want from Larkin. Um, legit legit I, I'm sorry he's not the number one center on the number one line, uh, but I mean, if he's top six for first line centers, I'm um, I'm good. Legit complaint. Too many also, injuries? you know what a second line center is? Cop. So no, don't Oof. put those two guys in the same bucket. I'm sorry. Larkin is an elite player with elite speed, leadership, goal scoring ability, 
defense, no, not true. Uh, Chris C. Suter Prime trade bait for what? Oh, he's actually responding to Ketzel. Uh, I, I I wanted to bring this up because I was like, uh, what do you who who's like? How do you sell Suter and and what are you willing to to take back? If you're just trying to move him, I think um, Jim's got it nailed here. Waving Suter does seem like a a pretty sure thing to me. If we're if we're talking about um, you know what what what's on that list right below Soderblom. I think Suter's a part of that conversation. I, it is so difficult for this Detroit Red Wing team to own, retain, and develop the center position. As much as I, you know, am, am whelmed by Suter, not really underwhelmed, I'm just whelmed. <laughs> and I know that we have Rasmussen. I know that we have Fabry available. But this this is not a team just oozing with centers. It's hey. a, it's a very difficult position to, to like develop elite talent for. Here, so so before we on... get rid of them, before we get rid of them, Matt, if you're gonna make a trade, it's gonna be a wing and it's gonna be for a defenseman. Let me let me read this off for you. These okay. are all the guys that have played center in the NHL. Ready? Okay. Right. Larkin. Okay. Andrew Kopp. Okay. Robbie Fabry. Hugh Suter, Oscar Sundqvist, Rasmussen, Joe Valeno, and, of course, our boy, Elmer Soderblom. So, oh, I'm sorry, not in the NHL. Let's say, let me, so let me scratch that. Of course, Soderblom has probably gotten, like, one face off, but uh, <laughs> I meant in their their hockey careers, not in the NHL there. Yeah, but, man, um, man, don't, yeah, point don't being, give us the Brandon Inge argument. You know, he's you a catcher s- and a pitcher and a third baseman and a left fielder. Brandon Inge. No. I, I'm, I'm allowed it. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think I think what your response is to like bringing up uh, me throwing out all these guys that have been centers before, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the same as the Brandon Inge argument. Um, so you I call Soderblom a center, mate. Come on. Yeah, he played center in the SHL. I don't, there's no problem with that. And it was, he's a year removed from it. Okay. I can't. I can't. Own, I can only tell you a fact. That's all I'm doing I can only tell right you now. we have a team of Brandon Inges when it comes to the center position. <laughs> yeah, but to the point that you you need to keep Pew Suter because we struggle with centers. That's not the answer. You don't elevate Puse to like the second or first line, so we're fine. We're good. Suter uh, is on the list of, I I would say the top five things that could happen here to solve this. Uh, Soderblom, Berggren, of course, in that top five. Suter getting waved. Ernie getting waved. That's four. I'm drooling here um can i ask um and all these uh fantasies where we're we're moving um you know members of the the current squad in trades what is the first fantasy what is the first thing that you're trying to acquire position wise it's a center and any and any of these movement of players is it a center or a defenseman yeah a defenseman absolutely a defenseman Is that the opposite of what you wanted me to say? No, 
I wasn't trying to lead the witness. I, oh, I was okay. genuinely curious. Um, I just the 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 spot that we have the the most excess where we can trim some fat is on the wing. Bedard, Mike, Bedard. Mike A is just spamming the comments now with Bedard. We know. I mean, after uh, after games like tonight, yeah, you definitely start talking about Bedard again. So, <laughs> come on, lottery! All right. Um, but yeah, I think I think you land on defenseman with that. Um, that's what I'd want. I, I don't think I'm moving these guys with all of the forward issues we have right now and saying, well, we got to pick up another, <laughs> we got to trade for another forward. Um, I guess, yeah, that's, that's where my head goes. I mean, and my first thought and my second thought, like giving it, like going up and down the lineup, looking at the injuries, looking at the guys who are coming back and gosh, even what we have down in the minors with you know potentially at at some point next year you'd like to see albert get a shot um i think we know edmondson's getting a good healthy shot next year but even that being said i i i would go defenseman first um right now i think what you're getting back in a trade you're more likely to solve a defenseman problem than a forward problem and you could you could find some solutions too like in the like I've never God I don't know if I'm ready to say this we did not we were not super stoked Mike I'm going to put you on this uh, with the Schrott signing <laughs> from that perspective of advanced analytics and I kind of talked myself into it with all of the um the power that he brings to a lineup. However, we've seen a lot of turnovers. We've seen, we've seen some mistakes. There, there was some juicy one he gave up earlier uh, in the game. <laughs> that was going to be one hell of a chance. And uh, he did a good job keeping the puck in and then passed to the guy right in front of him. So <clears throat> I wouldn't say... I don't think uh, going back to like the conversation of like, oh, an elite team has Dylan Larkin on line number two. I don't think an elite team, as much as we love Jake Wallman in the gritty, I don't think an elite team has Jake Wallman on the first pair. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some elite teams passed on Ben Sherratt when they had an opportunity to trade for him. And of course, Jordan Osterley, we love him. Dearborn Heights boy, but... Um, that's not that's not that's not doing it either. That is not a long term solution. Um, Mike A thrown out there after his Bedard comments. Uh, I like Wallman, but a third pair, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of guys on this team that I think are going to work out great in a bottom six, bottom pair situation. Um, but you just can't rely on on so many of these guys uh, to be in your top six, to be in your top pair, and, uh, you know, not expect to get nights like tonight. So, yeah, I I mean, just before, I, you know, before we start putting the whole team on waivers, uh, I, I just wish I that put we could. I two uh, guys on waivers. And I very wish legitimate that we could see. Options. And you know, before we demote Larkin to a you know a third line center, you know oh, on uh, on the Blackhawks or some <laughs> crap, I I wish we could see them healthy, see what they look like with Bertuzzi healthy, 
with Verona healthy. Because um, I, I mean, it's as much as we love these young guys. I mean, right now there's it's a lot of it's a lot of middle six guys. Okay, our top point producer is Larkin with thirty three, and he's tied for sixty third in the league hmm. in points. So just put it in perspective. This this isn't a bunch of guys, you know, coming out like gangbusters. Um, I, you know, we need all the scoring help we can get. So before we bundle Verona and Bertuzzi um, in a trade that we lose, so that we give up some cap, <laughs> we get some cap space back. Can we see what two of our better goal scorers look like when they're healthy, playing with Larkin? Is there any way we can package? Like... Jim Johnson, I think, is right on base with me, but just looking at a different part of the team. So he's saying four of our current D are third pairing. I think a lot of our forwards right now are very good second, third line guys. I don't know if we have a lot of first line guys, but you know, we we might have some coming off you know the injured list here. Yeah, I think I think we have a lot of guys that work out like they're they're serviceable, but then the holes, the cracks start to show like they like they did tonight. So for a good chunk of the season so far, we've been telling it. And Mike, can I can I remind you of something? Like, you can I remind us? you of something? Can I remind you of something? Matt, we yeah. were at opening night when this team was mostly healthy, and my <laughs> God, were they exciting! So can we get healthy again, and then and then kind of hit the reset button and on on our dismay dis, dismissal of a third of the roster? Well, I was gonna say like three weeks ago yeah. we were talking about uh how we had the same amount of points a season ago with the same amount of games played and things just started to like come apart at the seams and we just got more and more sad as the season went on this game did nothing to tell me that wasn't going to happen um <laughs> <laughs> and it does kind of feel like we're losing control somewhat of this roster a little bit here so i i just I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. I feel like that's way too negative for this crowd. Uh, we got to like bring some hope in here, but no. that might be why Jared threw out there. He had, uh, he wants he wants we, to trade Matt. Trade Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I just um, this is a this is not you know the 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 best of times right now. I I I just we have to see what they look like when they're healthy, um, and then I think we we even knew when they were healthy to start the season that the spot where it seemed like we had some excess um, opportunities for making moves was on the wing and trying to shore up the defense. So trading wings for defensemen. And now that guys are starting to become healthy um, and we, you know, got a shellacking by, you know, the devils, it kind of the same thing that we thought at the start of the season. Um, I, I think we could have a top top line, um, they've they've got it on the resume already from last season. Um, we have some guys who could fill out a middle six, uh, and we've got some young guys who could fill out, you know, the the fourth line. But defensively, my God, we could use some help. And uh, Dan, Dan B, B, we say what it will take to catch Chicago. Does he mean for uh, uh, for Bedard? Yeah. <laughs> how how heartbroken are we all going to be when Chicago just goes and gets Bedard after just? couple of bad seasons they're gonna be right back in it pieces of shit uh anyway i, mean, I brought up the rapham chart from evolving hockey on soderblom just to finish off my argument to to keep elmer but um 
you know, it's just too much work to sit here and, and then I have to pull up like Pew Suter and everybody. So I think I think we're getting close to wrapping up on this episode, but that's my final argument on Soderblom is that four out of his five buyers on five on five hockey are now blue for everyone familiar with the Rapham chart. Of course, uh, red, bad, blue, good. It's power play numbers, man. <laughs> they fucking blow. Uh, <laughs> but it's only 23 minutes of power play time, so we don't have to get too worked up about it. Uh, we'll just ignore that. You know what, guys? Just ignore that part. Let's just focus on the good one anyway. All right. So uh, what did we decide on? We're going to waive Suter and then Oof. trade Bertuzzi, Fabry. Let's throw in Perron, and uh, we'll get three first-round picks from Chicago. Sound good? You guys on board? Chicago's going to try and make a push. Can we also trade throw in Nadelkovich and then they can throw in Soderblom so we can have both the Soderbloms. We'll have um, the goalie Soderblom and the, the wing Soderblom. There was um, there was an interesting little tidbit uh, that uh, this guy who covers the Vancouver Canucks shares who's in the scouting booth every game did point out Detroit, one of the teams, checking out uh, Quinn Hughes and Bo... Uh, Horvat, so that's something to that oh, now exists were, in everybody's head. There you go. They weren't looking at Pedersen. <sighs> I don't know. The trade block says no. I know you're still making eyes at him, Matt. We all. Know. I am, but I don't think Vancouver's let. They don't want me to look. He's at Comic Con, and I'm trying to take a picture for free from the side of his booth. And there's a security guard coming up and blocking my camera. Okay. Right? Basically, um, I have to pay $300 to get Patterson's autograph. I uh, I have one thing I need from you before we end this show. Oh, God. I need you to admit that Fabry looked okay today. He did. Why did I? Because you're a kind of a Fabry hater, if I may. Oh, I uh, I did like I think Greg Krupa tweeted out um, Fabry doing Fabry things, and it was just him throwing his body around <laughs> on the ice. Like, yeah, there's there's a service that Robbie Fabry provides, but I'm also I am also yeah. well within my rights to call out when his defensive deficiencies cause us to lose <laughs> hockey games. Whoa, it's, it's, that is. That is fine. That is allowed. 100% that's allowed. How dare you? Matt, we don't talk about plus minus on this show. Jared. Jared. He doesn't want to face, or he doesn't want Pedersen. Uh, Jared, go. a big fan of Pete money Suter. for a statue of, uh, of a defensive side. Statue of a defensive side. Jared, you spelled two wrong. All right, moving on. Uh, Jim throws out there. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jim threw threw out there. We have the Panthers next. I will be at that game if any of you guys are going to be there. So if you guys uh, want, just hit me up on Twitter. We can uh, I can ruin my wife's night and we can grab a beer together. And, uh, if anybody needs a break from uh, this horrifying stretch of Red Wing hockey, uh, next Friday I'm going to be at the Piston game. I bought tickets to watch Zion Williamson for, and he got injured again. Son of a bitch. Mike, are the Lions? Are they going to do it? Are we going to get a Seattle loss and a Lions victory on Sunday night? Probably. 
<laughs> Slides team, all they've done is exceed expectations. So, yeah, why not? I'm excited to actually make it appointment viewing. And I'm going to watch from the first whistle to the final whistle. Win or lose. Um, they've they've earned my attention this week. They've they've done very well. Very proud. Yep. Yeah, I'm actually excited. I, I think this is the last time I've been this excited for a Lions game. And, of course, it all depends on Saturday, I think, yeah. is when Seattle plays. Uh, was probably our last playoff game. So this is this is pretty cool. Um, so we might have a winning team in Detroit. Um, yeah, the expectations are really low. So I, I don't think that I'll be crushed if we get, you know, annihilated by Green Bay in Green Bay. I will be well, super bummed uh, when Seattle loses, though, and Green Bay wins. I think uh, I think uh, I looked up, Mike, that we only have one more Wednesday night recording that will be at the end of a hockey game. Okay. So we, I, I would say, look forward, everyone, to more energy because it won't be bedtime while we're recording um, <laughs> <laughs> for the next few Wednesdays. Um, good news. There There's was... an um. I was going to end the show. Oh, my God. All right, everybody. No, hit that, that like button. It, subscribe. Is it if Florida you want. we got next? Florida's next? Yeah. On Friday. Okay. Is that home or away? I'm still waiting for my schedule to work. I'm going to the game. So it's in Detroit. Man, I know you live a wild life. You, <laughs> you don't live like the rest of us. You're probably flying to Florida, having a night in Disney World with the lions and Animal Kingdom or something. No. I mean, if that's the vibe I give off, I'm kind of happy with that. I, I don't know if anybody else agrees with Mike, but I don't think I give off those vibes. I come to work and people make fun of my shoes and my pants, so I look like a bum. Yeah, because they're so... fancy, man. <laughs> no. Look at that everybody... headset. I, I found out how much people look at other people's shoes, and more than like Quentin Tarantino. Like, they're looking at them and judging you. There's a whole conversation at work the other day, and I was like, what i thought i could just wear brown shoes nope people are judging you and your shoes all the time wow it, good uh, thing i have sucks. really cool shoes i don't <laughs> oh no i have man. old man sneakers oh no get some under armors i got my randy savages i got my pride shoes i got my detroit lion colors oh yeah man, you, I'm rocking. you could probably work you could work where i work i i don't think anybody i mean yeah, i'm more i'm, I'm wearing, more vain uh, than you yeah. I'm wearing a quarter zip that's like two sizes too big, so it'll. You got your TC Tugger on, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you're not making friends in your TC Tugger. All right. I don't know. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. We'll see you guys uh, next week. I think I'm pretty sure there isn't a Wednesday night game, um, and if there is, we'll be on at the same time. But I'm pretty sure we don't have one till February. So, till then. Thank you. Thank you Who for hanging they... in there. This was a bloodbath. And yeah, this was, this was rough. Yeah, Appreciate all the comments. Yeah. Love y'all. We'll see you next week.